This is a Cato Special Podcast. I'm Caleb Brown. When you apply for a loan, a grant, or any substantial cash infusion, the paperwork is often voluminous. When Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson came before Congress to ask for an immediate $700 billion for an attempted rescue of the financial sector, his testimony was just a few pages. Jim Dorn, the Cato Institute's Vice President for Academic Affairs and editor of Cato Journal, believes that slowing this process down might allow cooler heads to prevail. A pretty consistent line that I hear is that we had essentially created a financial system in which the benefits, the upside, was private, and now we are seeing a significant downside, which is being, in a sense, socialized. That is, the the, the, the costs associated with bad decisions uh, will be borne by people who did not make those decisions. Well, this is the moral hazard problem that when you uh, misprice and underprice risk, people take more risk. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Uh, Fannie and Freddie uh, mispriced risk, basically. Uh, They could raise capital on the markets uh, at a uh, less than market uh, interest rate and then uh, basically uh, buy up a lot of mortgages. Uh, And later on, they were asked to buy up subprime and alt-A type mortgages um, and then repackage and sell those as uh, mortgage-backed securities, uh, which they guaranteed. Uh, so there was a market for that. The, the reason there was such a large market is because of the implicit government guarantee. So uh, they were basically saying, okay, the, on the downside, the risks will be socialized, uh, but the profits will be privatized. And a lot of people made a lot of money off this. And uh, the uh, big investment banks, uh, Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns, uh, and Lehman and others, uh, their uh, leverage was incredible. Uh, especially Bear Stearns uh, and and Lehman, uh, their uh, ratio of assets uh, to net worth or capital was on the order of about 30 to 1. So every dollar of capital they had, they had loans and investments uh, 30 times that amount. Uh, And uh, they made a lot of money doing that on the way up. But when you have to deleverage now at this point, and there's no market for some of these securities, nobody knows what they're worth. They don't have any buyers on the other side. Uh, they're asking the Treasury to be the uh, single buyer uh, at the taxpayer's expense. There is a risk here, and uh, Ben Bernanke, of course, has emphasized it, and that is we've got to get to a bottom in terms of prices for these assets, uh, these homogenized uh, mortgages. It doesn't appear at first blush that uh, the... Paulson plan, which is uh, uh, buying these assets from distressed banks, actually gets to the point at which everyone in the marketplace is comfortable with the uh, asset prices as determined by a market. There actually seems to be uh, sort of circumventing that process. Well, Merrill Lynch, when they were selling their distressed assets, got uh, sometimes 20 cents on the dollar. Uh, so maybe some of these assets are only worth 20, 30 cents on the dollar. And uh, Bernanke's been arguing that the Treasury should pay more than that. The Treasury should pay more than so-called uh, market value. Uh, and uh, this is a real problem because uh, uh, the Treasury Secretary in 2007 proposed a super uh, structured investment vehicle, sort of an agency that would buy up uh, these assets. And they uh, abandoned that idea because they couldn't figure out how to value these things. 
Now, the assumptions on Wall Street when they made up these uh, sophisticated uh, securities uh, is that they had certain default risks, and nobody assumed that housing prices would fall across the board. Uh, and when they started doing that, uh, they found it difficult to get counterparties f for some of these securities, and uh, there were no markets. That's why the Fed started to jump in and and and, and uh, basically make loans against this collateral and take it out of the market. Uh, so nobody really knows what what the value is, and ultimately the collateral are, are, uh, is the uh, housing stock in the United States. Now, the housing stock um, is valued in the market. There's market prices, uh, and that's not going to go down to zero. But somebody's going to have to take a loss for the bad investment decisions. And the question is, should that be the taxpayers, or should it be uh, private investors and uh, people that bought the debt? Uh, and that's 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 the big question. Now, Bernanke thinks that the entire financial system is at stake if we try to have a, another alternative other than uh, the Paulson-Bernanke alternative. And we need some time to think about what a better alternative might be uh, that would allow market incentives to work. Market incentives have been distorted by bad regulation uh, and by uh, market socialist organizations like Fannie and Freddie. So what are we going to do to address those problems, those long-run problems? At least privately, it was my understanding that some uh, people within, high-up people within the Treasury Department viewed it as their role to stabilize home prices. That, and it seems uh, with this, this uh, Paulson plan that that may very well still be the case. Well, it's interesting because if you look back at regulation, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, when it was passed, it was supposed to lead to more stable financial markets. Well, obviously, that's been a disaster if that's what's supposed to be the uh, purpose of it. And for the Treasury to have as a purpose uh, stabilizing housing prices, uh, uh, it'd be hard to find that any place in the Constitution that the Treasury Secretary should be stabilizing housing prices. Uh, housing prices uh, fluctuate according to demand and supply. And the fact that uh, the demand for housing was so high was it was fueled by Fannie and Freddie in particular. Uh, so they jacked up housing prices. So they always say, well, they offer a little bit lower interest rate on mortgages and so forth, but uh, studies have found that that rate isn't that much lower, that most of the profits go to the stockholders and, and to the managers of these, uh, these firms uh, that are holding this paper. Uh, and homeowners have to pay a higher price for houses. Uh, as a result of lower interest rates. Now, the Federal Reserve was partly responsible because it kept the federal funds rate uh, at 1% uh, from July 2003 to July 2004, and that meant negative real rates. Uh, and that sent a signal that, you know, liquidity is easy to get, um, and uh, there was lots of money around, and banks lent it out freely, uh, basically because they could sell their mortgages to Fannie and Freddie which was, again, guaranteed by the government. So you had this huge house of cards set up, and uh, now that it's tumbling, uh, the solution is to socialize the risk once again by going to taxpayers. Uh, so this there must be other alternatives, and people need time to uh, think about what's going to happen. Uh, the Fed's job is to provide liquidity and act as a lender of last resort, but not to bail out insolvent uh, investors. Uh, and therefore, if, if we're going to go uh, 
the route of you know financial Armageddon uh, if we don't do anything. Well, the Fed has made a mistake in the 1930s during the Great Depression by allowing the money supply to shrink by a third. They're obviously not going to make that mistake this time around. So I don't foresee that possibility. Uh, but we also had lots of other intervention uh, during the 30s. We had the Smoot-Hawley tariff, which reduced international trade tremendously. We had interventions in the pricing system. Uh, so the question is, what, you know, where are we going to turn on this fork? If we take a quick turn to the left and have more and more government intervention and move away from the market, that in itself poses a significant risk. Uh, and the Treasury uh, Fed bailout plan could lead actually to a lot more debt uh, and therefore, our sovereign debt rating uh, could decrease in the world capital markets and interest rates could increase, and that would lead to lower asset prices in the United States. Uh, so it could compound the problem. So again, we need uh, a reasoned debate on this and uh, a careful analysis before we act. Although the, the Paulson plan certainly has its flaws, it is a sort of a situation where all the options are not exactly uh, palatable. Well, uh, so-called Paulson plan uh, gives the Treasury sector, uh, Secretary tremendous power. And even Senator Dodd said, uh, you know, this totally uh, outlandish as far as uh, going beyond what the Constitution intended for the separation of powers. And it gives the Treasury sector, uh, Secretary uh, powers that uh, would be uh, even greater than the President, he said, basically. Uh, so you're taking, uh, you know, maybe a trillion dollars uh, of taxpayers' money uh, to bail out uh, private sector firms primarily, some of which, many of which are still solvent. Uh, so again, uh, we need to think about some alternatives and think carefully about uh, the direction we're taking on this. Uh, look at uh, Warren Buffett just bought a stake in Goldman Sachs, and that's calming markets. Uh, Lehman was taken over. So there's, in, there's a lot of cash out there, and that cash could be used uh, productively to buy these uh, distressed assets at the right price. But how are you going to know what the price is if, if you distort it by uh, creating a new bureaucracy to basically uh, buy up these assets at taxpayers' expense? What's going to happen if you have a reverse auction uh, is basically the Treasury is going to be stuck with all the junk. And uh, they're thinking that they can sell this in a more stable market. But what if housing prices continue to decline? We don't know where the equilibrium is in the housing market. And the real economy hasn't even been affected yet, but it certainly probably will be affected. And that means uh, lower, not higher housing prices. Uh, so we've got to think about uh, these repercussions as well and look at the uh, uh, opportunity costs involved. Of course, when you're spending other people's money, you come with an emergency plan very quickly. Uh, and... Uh, Secretary Paulson always says it pains him to do this. <laughs> well, it pains taxpayers, too. Uh, and uh, somebody's got to defend uh, the taxpayer and uh, recognize that this problem itself was not made in the market. It was made in Washington to a large extent. Uh, but that's bygones, and we've got to figure out what to do next. Jim Dorn is the Cato Institute's Vice President for Academic Affairs and editor of Cato Journal. You can read his recent op-ed on the financial crisis at Cato.org.